Happy Sabbath, church. Yeah, it's a beautiful day. Uh, I know it is a beautiful day. Uh, we have uh, baptism, communion in a few minutes. Uh, and I know you are here, and I'm grateful that you are here. I'm grateful that you are here. Let's open our Bibles in John chapter 8. John chapter 8, verse 31. John chapter 8, verse 31. Today is 4th of July. Uh, what do they celebrate in 4th of July? Freedom from what? From who? Bob is the one who knows history, right? Bob, from who? Well, you just had to say English, but he goes under horrible. That's good. <laughs> For the horrible English. From... <laughs> Thank you very much, Bob. I really appreciate your help. He's so into details, and that's so helpful sometimes, you know. But thank you, Jess, from the English, I mean, English uh, people, let's put it that way. And they all got together. They said, you know, the Constitution, one day they said, you know what, that's it. We're not going to allow this thing anymore. You know, back in my country, we also have Independence Day, the Day of Freedom. And I know in many of your countries, you also have the same thing. For us, it's the 28th of July, July 28th. El Día de la Independencia. We all get excited. We got the flags all around, you know, the cars with little flags. You have some things that you call escarapelas, kind of like little flags around like that. Everybody's so proud. You go around Independence Day today. Independence. From who? Spain. Beautiful people from Spain. You see, you see, Bob? Beautiful people from Spain. They're nice people after all. Well, yeah. Uh, so we are free from Spain. Uh, but now, today, we are going to read about freedom, and we are going to read about, sla- I mean, slavery, and we are going to realize maybe that we are not that much free, really, at all. Well, let's see. Let's see what's going on, what happened. Verse number 31, chapter 8. The Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, or to the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold my teaching you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. This conversation in chapter 8 is about Jesus Christ being really the one that he says he is, the Messiah, the Son of God. And the Pharisees telling him, you know what? You don't do anything extraordinary. Do something. Maybe we can really believe you. So all the conversation goes like that, and verse number 30, if you read with me, verse number 30, you also find this saying, even as he spoke, many put their faith in him. That's John chapter 8, verse 30. Many put their faith in him. So they were listening. They were listening about what he was saying, his words, and some of those people of Israel, they believed in him. To them, he says these words, and I'm going to repeat it. If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Let's stop there for a second. That word hold is really translated in many versions also. It's like if you commit, if you follow, if you continue, if you live, like living, live. My teaching was also translated as word. If you follow, you live what I have teach you, what you hear, what you know, what I have been telling you all this time. If you follow that, if you live it every day of your life, then you are my disciple. 
So it seems to be that being a disciple is not about saying, I am a Christian, or maybe having a little nice fish in your car and driving like crazy, like 90 miles per hour and getting really mad at the freeway. That's not being a Christian, because I have seen many of them. They're driving around nice cars with a little tiny fish, you know, they're Christian. Or maybe they have this fish and then, a, how, how is it, the fish eating Darwin, I think, or something, you know, stickers. But when something happens, they get so mad, hey, hey, they have this attitude. Well, Jesus is not talking about saying, look, I am having a really nice t-shirt and I have my tie and, you know, and I have my title that says I'm a pastor, I'm a Christian. It's not about that. It's about following what he used to teach, following his word, but not only following, living that word. I could say right now I love my wife, but what doesn't mean, you know, that I love my wife and I keep saying all the time I love my wife when every time I come here, you know, you are going to see, have you seen the pastor? Yeah, you know, he gets mad. He goes out of the car. Boom. Ah, you, you know, hey, vieja, que pasa? You know, I'm just moving like that. Move on, come on, move on. My attitude is totally different. I'm not leaving the love that I have for my wife. That is the way. Oh, that is what this Bible verse is telling us. You have to live it. If you want to be a disciple, you live the word. You don't study it only. You don't have all the knowledge. You don't have all the wisdom that you get out of that word, but you live that word. So you are a disciple of Christ. The nice thing is that after you live that word, that teaching, you also are going to realize, verse number 32, that then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Hmm. Who is the truth? Remember the Bible who said, who proclaims himself to be the truth? I am there. Who said that? You will then know the truth. You will then, to some point we can say, we will then know the person of Christ, who is the one calling you. Who is the one telling you, hey, this is the way you are supposed to be living. This is the way what you are supposed to be doing things. Then you will know the truth. Then you will know Jesus Christ. And that truth and that Christ, it will set you free. Many times we could say, well, I don't, you know, I don't feel that I have to be set free from what? And that's what happened with the people, with the Pharisees, when they heard this thing, they answered, some, oh, sorry, some of these people, they answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been a slave of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Now, is that true? What they're saying, is that true? We have never been a slave of anyone. Is that true or not? Do you remember them being a slave of who? Egypt? Who else? The Romans? Who else? The Babylons? Who else? I mean, we have kingdoms who were in charge of their lives. And they were telling them what to do. We have a problem here. They were denying that they were slaves, even at that moment. They couldn't do whatever they want. They really couldn't do whatever they want. Because the Roman Empire was on top of them, telling them how to live, what you are supposed to be, you are not allowed to do this thing. They couldn't do whatever they want. And they were trying to portray another image. Us, slaves, 
No way. Us? No. We are the sons, descendants of Abraham. We are better than that. Now the question, it will be, is that happening sometimes to us? Is my question. Jesus replied, number 34, I tell you the truth. I'm not lying. I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave of sin. Oh, sorry, slave to sin. There is a problem with us sometimes, including myself. We don't realize that even in the 21st century, 2009 already, right? yeah. next year is the World Cup, that's why. 2009, we are still slaves in this planet. We celebrate freedom, 4th of July, the 20th of July. We celebrate many things. Well, I'm free of death. I'm free of my mother-in-law. I'm free of uh, my mom and my dad because I'm a, I want to live my life. I'm free of... But we don't realize we are still slaves. And because we don't realize we are still slaves, we keep living as we are the people of Abraham, the people who have the truth, the people who don't make any mistakes at all. We are the ones. Jesus told them, and he tells us the same thing. You need freedom, and I want to give you that freedom. But as long as you don't realize it, that you need that freedom, that never is going to happen. I need to be free. And the only one, according to this Bible text, the one that I'm going to read next, the only one who is willing to give that is the son. Verse, verse uh, number 35. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but the son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. What is the big deal about being a slave? When you try to find out about being a slave, back in those days, um, through time, you realize that being a slave by the people of Israel, it was a good thing. It was good. Some people get really mad with the Bible, the Old Testament, the New Testament, because the Bible doesn't really say something like, you know, you're not supposed to be having slaves. We also know that many people used to volunteer the, uh, the, uh, themselves to be slaves. Why? Because they did have some economic problems, because they did lose all of their families, so they didn't, I mean, they didn't have nobody else. So what they did is they come to Carla, let's say, Carla, I'm Dante, I lost everything, I don't have anything, I don't know where to go, I just, I'm in ruins, you know, I don't know what to do. So let me work for you. Let me have my life, for, put, put my life for you to do whatever you want. But just give me some protection. Give me food. Give me, a, give me a place to sleep. Please give me whatever you need to give me to survive. And many people, they said, yes, that's fine. Especially if you are a Hebrew, yes, you are going to do, I mean, do that for your own people. Now also the rule says that if you are a Hebrew slave, then you can be a slave for seven years, and by the seventh year, you have the option to, set, to be set free or to just say, I want to keep being a slave. Isn't that beautiful? 
After seven years, you go there, and you can say, you know what, wow, you know, you've been so nice to me. I've been working with you. I mean, yes, you treat me, not necessarily as a slave, because they say that sometimes they, be, they, are be, they were being treated as servants and not like a slave. I want to just keep living in this house. I have an attachment to you. I feel good. I want to keep being a slave for you. But they were, they did have the possibility to be free after seven years. In many other countries, the Romans, the Greeks, and all of them, the Greeks, and all of them, they did have a different idea of being a slave. And when we talk about slavery, especially in this country, you have a different idea of being a slave. Being a slave, what happened in this country years ago, and as you know, it was because of the difference of the color of your skin. Because the difference of your race, then you were supposed to be a slave. Back in the Bible, it's not about your skin. It's about that I'm buying you. It's about that I want to probably help you so you become to be a slave. Maybe you own money to me so you work for me. It's about that. Nothing to do with the difference of skin or the difference uh, of race. And they were treated different. Now, no wonder when you read many passages in the Bible, you also realize that Paul mentioned and said, you know, you, if you are going to be a slave, you better be a good slave. And that doesn't sound good for us. What do you mean being a good slave? Oh, yeah, be a good slave. Do all the work that you're supposed to be doing, but also be a good Christian. Also be attached to the Lord. Never forget that. And here we have that. Here we have what Jesus said. The son, sorry, now a slave has not permanent place in the family. No permanent place in the family. He was talking to the Hebrews with the same idea. After seven years, you have the freedom to leave this place or to stay with us. But you don't have a permanent place. Still, you are a slave. But a son belongs to it forever. Family, I'm there forever. Even if I want to leave my family, it doesn't matter. Even if you don't like your mother, you can leave the house. You still are a marufo or you still are whatever, whoever you are. Nothing is going to change. The same thing for him. So, verse 36. So, if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. And the son is Jesus Christ. And he's giving the means for you and me. To be set free. I know you are Abraham's descendants, yet you are ready to kill me because you have no room for my word. I am telling you what I have seen in the Father's presence, and you do what you have heard from your father. The story continues and continues, and he brings them to the idea. That even that they said they are the Abraham, I mean Abraham's descendants, they are not even acting like Abraham because they want to kill Jesus Christ. Because everything, brothers and sisters, starts here. It's not about what you know. It's not about how long you have been at church. It's not about any of that. It's about who is living here. You see, these people they were saying we are. Sons and daughters of Abraham, so we, we are special. That doesn't mean anything. They were trying to kill Jesus, the one who was bringing the truth to them. 
He was telling them, you guys, you are a slave of sin, but we are sons and daughters of Abraham again. Is what you have here. And Jesus came to die for what you have here. You see, a few minutes ago, Santiago has made an excellent, the best decision of his life. He could be saying all this time, if he wanted, Santiago, if you wanted, he could say, you know what? I'm not ready. I don't want to do it. No, I don't feel ready yet. He could say that, but he didn't. He realizes that what's in here is going to only be changed by Christ. That's why that's the greatest miracle that can happen in this planet. You see, brothers and sisters, Jesus Christ has set means to be free. The cross was one of them. But many times, even that we accept the, the, the sacrifice of Christ, we even, even so, we make mistakes. And many times, we are being hunted by the things we did in the past. And we are being hunted by the things others have done to us. And we are being hunted by those things that we just don't like. And I don't like this brother. I don't like this. We're just being hunted by the things that we know are wrong. They are wrong. And that's why even that Jesus died on the cross, he gave us this other option. And that's called communion. Communion is going to give you the freedom that after you do that, you are going to leave this place knowing that all your sins have been forgiven. And that's what Jesus did. He came to die for your sins. They were thinking, no, it's, you know, Jesus Christ, we want to know, you know if you are real, if you are the one, come on, give us a miracle. It's not about that. It's about what you have here. Everything starts here in the heart. My question to you and myself, it will be, what do you have there? Do you have forgiveness? Is God the one who is first place here in your heart? Is he the one who is leading your life? Maybe the answer to that, it will be, Pastor, I make many mistakes before. Yesterday, I made one huge big mistake, and you don't know anything about it. But I want to tell you, Jesus Christ, he knows those mistakes. He knows those things. And today is your day of freedom. Fourth of July is going to have new meaning, maybe. Many Fourth of July are going to come in your life. But today, because today is the day of freedom for this country, from freedom that other human beings were uh, oppressing this country and all of that, today is going to be your freedom from sin. Those things that are all the time on top of you, making you feel bad, making you feel less, making you feel that you are away from God. But I want to tell you, you are not away from him because he's extending his hand by giving us the opportunity to do communion. Isn't that beautiful? Now, when you have freedom, when you celebrate, for, uh, uh, I mean, 4th of July, what do you usually do? Are you usually sad because you celebrate freedom? Are you like, 4th of July, yeah, we're, uh, yeah, we are free. 
Do you cry because you celebrate 4th of July? Maybe you cry of happiness back then. But do you cry today because you celebrate 4th of July? You enjoy and you celebrate 4th of July. And you celebrate freedom. Freedom from slavery. And that slavery is called sin. You celebrate that freedom. This is also a celebration of that. After that, brothers and sisters, think about your life and the future. Think about what is going to happen once you leave this place. But all of that, brothers and sisters, all of that has to do with you and me. Because we are, we are the only ones in control of this heart. Not even God can change that heart if you don't allow for that heart to be changed. Nobody God, I mean, not even God can change what you think about yourself or what everybody else thinks about you if you don't allow for God to change what is in here and here. But the first step starts by you and me. So this is the first step. And I want to invite you now, being 15 minutes to 12, I want to invite you, to have that celebration, and by, and by that, we are going to invite you first to wash your feet. And that's the beauty of washing your feet and my feet and everybody's feet. The beauty of that is that you get prepared in a humble way to accept that you are the servant to others, that you are not better than anybody else here, that you are not somebody more important than anybody else here. You are a servant. And you wash somebody's feet. You prepare yourself by accepting that also as a servant, you also need the forgiveness of Christ. So once we finish washing our feet, we come back here to celebrate and ask for forgiveness through the symbols that we are going to be drinking and eating.